I get Shock Top and Blue Moon a lot. Easy E, just um, you know, first artist I ever listened to when I was a kid. Chinese food or uh, big shout out to Chicken Kitchen, bro. I eat that shit religiously. <laughs> Beats and Easter podcast, old head ed, another episode in your area code. Um, I did say I was old head ed. This is Bruce Beats and Easter podcast. Thank you for joining us another week. Uh, this week we have another special guest. Um, you may know him as Sir Charles. Anything less would be uncivilized. You might know him as Thousand. You might know him as one fourth of the crew. What they do, kills for crumbs. All right, and he's uh, he's uh, he could also chronicle the stories of someone who's the third born in the family. Like I said before, I'm here, thousand Sir Charles. What's good, homie? What's good? What's good, man? Welcome to the show, bro. Thanks for having me, bro. Not a problem. Yes, yeah, a pleasure's mine. Thank you for allowing me into the hacienda and yeah, came man. through and chill. So that's dope. It's been um, like what? It's been like a good month since we've been talking about. Yes, yeah, kicking man. it back and forth. Been working a lot, man, but finally got some fucking free time and shit. Dope, man, and I appreciate the time, for, for, for real, for real, working, working. Um, before we get into work and what you're doing now, um, let's give the listener a little story about Sir, how Sir Charles came to be. Um, um, how far we go back, that's up to you, if you want to go to the moment where you... I mean, I'll try to go briefly through everything, not, okay. you know, not going into too much detail, because, you know, I'm not going to tell you what I did this day, but, <laughs> you know, because... The dates are hard to remember? Yeah, because the thing, like, for me, for hip, like, me and hip-hop, there's, like, chapters that I got into, and, like, when I first started, um, I didn't know what hip-hop really was or nothing, okay. I was just following my brother's footsteps, um, I have an older brother, he's 10 years older than me, and in the early 90s, when NWA was a huge thing, that's what he was listening to a lot. And so, you know, because of that, having an older brother just, you know, following his footsteps, I listened to a lot of Easy e That's why Easy e is still, you know, a lot of people are like, yo, really? Like, for being such a lyricist and all this shit, like, <laughs> yeah. it's just, that's that's my introduction to hip-hop. And I was, like, a fanatic, you know? I didn't care if he didn't. I didn't know if he wrote his bars back then. Like, yeah. like I said, I wasn't into hip-hop like that, you know? Yeah. So, but um, that was pretty much my introduction. Um, and I was, at the time... What I knew was what was on TV and what my brother would show me, you know? Okay. So back then, because I was so into NWA and all that shit, I catered a lot towards, like, a lot of other West Coast gangster rap. Like, if you fit the bill of, like, the plaid shirt and the yeah. fucking lokes and, like, then yeah. I would, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, there was, like, uh, South Central Cartel was all right. another huge fucking group for me that I used to listen to. I remember going to Specs, um, you know, the Spice One album, America's Most Wanted. That shit, like, was like the ghetto. Ice Cube, Captain Ice Cube. Am- nah. Uh, Spice, Spice One. America's Most Wanted. I mean, uh, yeah, KKK's Most Wanted. It's like America. that was Ice Cube. Was it Spice He has. One? Yeah. He has one, too? Well, Spice, well, Ice Cube had um, I think um, he has, um, Lethal uh, Injection. Yeah, he has Predator. Um, Predator. 
I think he has something like Compton's Most Wanted. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I think that's what it is. Okay, was. okay, Compton's Most Wanted. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I don't have a research and development department yet, so there's <laughs> nobody here to fact check, so let's just go with it. I was just wondering. So, yeah, you, so Spice yeah, One. But yeah, so I remember like going to Spec seeing a little, like, I don't know if you know the album I'm talking about, but Spice One had an album called America's Most Wanted. Okay. And instead of like America, it would be like America, KKK. KKK, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the shit was like, you know, red, white, and blue in the background. So it just looked like the ghetto fucking Captain America and shit. <laughs> yeah. So it was just like, it was, you know, shit like that stood out to me a lot. Okay. Um, so Made an impression. Was, yeah. But, you know, like I said, back then, like, it was only, like, I didn't have anyone to, like, show me about hip-hop or nothing. So, back then, we had The Box, the music channel, mm. The Box. So, like, a lot of the shit that they would play there was what I was listening to. Like, you know, Nate Dogg and Warren G, Regulators. Like, that was a fucking huge song for me back then. Yeah. Um, you know, so then, like, a few years later, like, I'm still, like, tapping into, like, other artists. Like, mostly, like mainstream but not like the corny shit like just still like like ill shit but i don't i didn't like dive like too deep into like underground shit yeah, yeah. um and then like simultaneously around this time i got into graffiti art okay um graffiti art was played like as the gateway to like hip-hop for mm. me you know like when i was 11 years old i um that shit just stood out to me you know like i remember going to like soccer practice with my dad my dad was my coach when I was like playing soccer back when I was a kid and you know on the highways I used to always catch the tags and like okay. you know back then it was like Astro, Stir, TMs like right. names that stood out to me you know and I just I thought it was dope you know I didn't really understand what graffiti was either but um I just thought it was fucking dope so I came up with a little tag and shit and from sixth grade and on that was what people knew me by like if you went to school with me like you knew me as like the dude with the black book that had you know and um so this is probably 11 to like 15 16 then i got into high school and i'm like heavily into graffiti at this point i'm doing like i'm like a part of like a crew that's doing a lot of like dumb shit you know yeah. like just getting into like a lot of trouble and it was like it was like like i got into like rhyming and shit at a time where like graffiti was already like it was going towards like a bad path you know because mm. i was getting into like too much trouble yeah and then in the meantime like i met a group of friends who are still friends of mine to this day they introduced me to freestyling and the cypher and like you know they used to have like a little hallway that you know they just formed a little circle a little cypher and they just used to like freestyle that's where i first learned like i never knew what freestyling or none of that shit was until i was 15 years old yeah you know like i might have seen it on tv but it never caught my attention yeah. until like i saw it in front of me so seeing that shit and just seeing like the attention like from the girls and just people gathering around like i would go home and be like damn like i want to learn how to do that shit you know so yeah you know so like i would go home and whatever cd i had or like you know like back then we used to have like the cd singles mm -hmm. and you know they had the instrumentals yeah too so i would play that shit and i was just freestyle like most of the time the shit didn't make sense <laughs> but that's how you learn though you know yeah. like, i just knew like i would be in my room for like two three hours practicing and shit recording the shit and then just like out of like a five minute span of like one rhyme i'd be like oh this one line made sense <laughs> you know so like that's that's how I learned and then like after like a month or two I gained enough confidence to jump in the cypher and I was comfortable because these are like homies that they're like really dope but they're also like 
good people. They're not going to be like, oh, you're fucking whack. Like, you yeah, know what I'm yeah. So, so, you know, they would help me. They'd give me, like, pointers. They would tell me, like, yo, like, when you get stuck, like, try to think of something that made you get stuck and rhyme off of that. Or, like, okay. you know, they would teach me little things like that. Um, and that's when I got, like, really into shit. That's when, you know, like, I was still more of, like, a spectator when I would go to battles. Like, this was around recognizing, like, the golden era of, like, battle rap was coming in. Yeah. Um, around that time, like, I was mostly going to battles just to, like, watch. But, uh, you know, seeing, like, people like Recognize or, like, H2O or, like, just everyone from the scene that's, like, a little bit older than me, mm -hmm. just the way they were doing this shit, like, they had a certain, like, man, like, how do I say Like, they were just everybody that I knew, like, that I looked up to, like, all the people from, like, the Pro Fresh crews, like, the Serums, the H2Os, the, um, I don't know, Source Spokens, like, that whole little, like, community of MCs, man, yeah. like... They all had a very distinct style from each other, and they were all like super like original, man. Okay. And when you heard them freestyle, it was like they came up in a time that you have to know what the fuck you're doing. Uh -huh. If not, then like you're gonna get smoked and you're gonna get embarrassed and shit. So yeah. that's where my shit like that's why like to this day like like my freestyle will be rusty, but if you put me in a battle situation. I lock into like that, you know what I mean? Because that's yeah. what I came up on. You engage in that moment and then... Yeah, it's like, it's almost like you become like a different person, man. Like, you just, you know, so... And I learned it from, you know, just watching them. So yeah. around this time, like, that's when I really got into like my freestyling shit and not really having any direction of where I wanted to go or if I, you know, was going to make music and shit. Mm. Um, you know, I just, day by day, you know, like, it was just... The hunger and the passion to like learn new shit, like learn what the fuck Nas is talking about when he's talking about the deciphering, yeah, yeah the just rhymes. like because you learn the same shit. A lot of this shit they they talk about, you learn it in school, but you're reading a fucking book in social studies and it doesn't stick in your head yeah. because you're forced to read the shit. Yeah. When someone like Jay Electronica or some shit is saying some like real sh like. You're just like, yo, I don't I have no idea what he's talking about, man, but I want to know because, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, all that shit is, like, it helped me, like, build just everything, you know, like, vocabulary just, like, yeah. opened my mind to, like... And you started seeing the connection between what stuff that you probably had already come across at some point in your life, yeah. but didn't know that that's what they were referring to, and then it kind of, like, in the, met yeah. in the, in the middle place. And that's, like, with, you know, going back to, like, the roots of, like, um... NWA and the shit that I was into when I started rhyming, you know, when I became like a student and, you know, when I was just a fan, it was like mixing that together and plus being from Miami and yeah. not being like from like any of like the hoods in Miami, but you're still from Miami and yeah. you grew up in hip hop. So it's like, you ha like, I feel like I have like a good balance of like, you know, I don't try to overdo, like make you think to like your fucking head is going to explode. Yeah. And at the same time, like I could like get on some like ignorant shit and like, because where we grew up. In, you yeah. Know? Yeah. You've seen enough, you've witnessed enough where you could kind of bring both things to the table. Yeah, exactly. And then you end up putting together a product that it's, it reaches more than just one segment. Yeah. yeah. That's, you know, that's, that's because of Miami, man. But, um, but yeah, that's pretty much more or less how I got into uh, like rhyming and everything okay. when I was like around 23 that's when I really like started recording okay you know and that's when I got into like music still like to this day I still learn you know I'm just, you're always learning you know yeah but 
when I first started, 23 years old, around that time, I think from like 21 to like 23, it was just, you know, just most of the songs I recorded then, I don't have them. Like, it was just, you know, I remember the first person I recorded with, he was like some dude in my neighborhood that back then, this is like 2003, um, his name is Charlie Butter. And okay. this is when I used to live in the crossings. And back then, you know, like now everyone, like even me, I have my own little home studio. Like now it's like a lot more accessible. Back then when you have Pro Tools in 2003, it's like, oh shit, he got Pro Tools. Let's go use his Technologically shit. Technologically advanced. Yeah, that wasn't know, so in every like, household yet. And he was in my neighborhood. And this is a dude that I went to high school with. Completely different. Like he was on some like, <laughs> like he loved Tupac like he, he was on some like he really wanted to be like on some thug shit yeah. which is weird because he was like a white dude and whatever <laughs> yeah. but whatever like that was his shit I was more on some like you know during that time I was listening to a lot of like Backpacker like Aesop and Atmosphere right. and shit like that Yeah. so we didn't vibe on that level but whatever man like I just needed a studio and I wanted to like learn shit and I wanted to just like get familiar with shit mm. so I remember, you know, I recorded a couple songs, and then one day I went to his crib with like 200 bucks, and I was like, yo, I want to record like a little mixtape or album or something. Okay. Shit. And I guess, you know, back when you're 20, 21, 200 bucks is like a good amount of money. <laughs> yeah. So he looks and he's like, yeah, man, just, you know, just whenever you want to come through, just hit me up whenever you're ready to record. So I started recording songs. Um, I must have recorded like 15 songs. Wow. I don't know where, the, I have probably like three or four of them somewhere laying around on the CD or something. Yeah. But um, original beats or no? Or just that back then off? I was just like yeah, I was getting like shit from Napster. Like, okay, um, you know I remember Moment of Clarity was one of them from Jay Z. Right, yeah, um, the Hell on Earth, like all this shit that <laughs> you know Napster. Like yeah, if you put Mob Deep, Hell on Earth is one of the first ones that come out. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? yeah, so it was like just a lot of like industry beats. Okay, um, but that you know that was my practice. The way I look at it now, because I wasn't even I like. I lost vision of what I was doing because I was going back and forth to his crib, but like I was brand new. I had no idea how to make an album, how to like put it out there and nothing like that. So within doing this, I lost myself and I just stopped going to his crib and I couldn't really blame him because it's like, it's not your fault that I never got the shit done. So yeah. I just kind of let it go. You know, I let, I, I just left the shit alone. Um, and he wasn't going to press you because he got his 200 bucks. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, you know, after a while, it's like you kind of feel like you've exceeded your time. Like, mm, you know, yeah. this is five months later. You can't go back. Hey, remember I gave you 200 bucks? And, you yeah. know, it's like time is money, you know. So for real, like, for real. I'm not going to hit him up and be like, hey, remember last year? Can we pick up on that? You know, so so I just, you know, like that was the first um, experience of me recording. And it taught me, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, even though he was the one mixing shit and everything. I learned a lot because his whole like, for one thing, his whole style of uh, mixing and engineering is like that fucking, like the mixtape, like the echoes, like a lot of, just right. a whole bunch of shit. And I don't like that shit. Yeah. And but back then I might have thought it was cool because that's you know, what like that's I, what was I don't most commonly heard. Not only that, but like I think I wasn't comfortable with my own voice, like ah. on the roof, you know what I'm saying? So like when he started adding the echoes and all that shit, I was like, yeah, it's just fine. It's just dope. <laughs> it's dope. It sounds yeah. nothing like me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, I learned like once I, you know, like let time go by and I go back to those recordings, I'm like, I'm not gonna do this again. Or I'm not, you know, like shit like that. Yeah, you got that out the way first, so it's yeah. like that you were a little more prepared the second so time around. Yeah, you know, like it was like it was dope, you know. I, like I said, you know, I never finished the project, but mm -hmm. 
that was a learning experience. It served its purpose because yeah. it got you from one point starting off not thinking it well before you thought you could even put together a project. You got yourself find yourself at a point where you're like, yo, I could do this. I'm gonna move on it despite what the result was. Yeah, and that's you know like I that's kind of um, I always refer to this um, analogy, man. Like I, I read a. I know everyone's read this book, The Secret, very corny, book, okay. but like, yeah. you know what the whole message, like the law of attraction and yeah. shit, and like, I always love this part of the book where it was saying, um, like, you know, like, you know, you know, you don't know, like, where you're going to go from point A to Z, how you're going to get there, you have to go from point A to B to C to D, you know, and they use the analogy as like, you know, when you're going down like a dark road, yeah. if you you know, you have your headlights on, your headlights only see a certain, you know, like Distance. 50 feet ahead. So you gotta travel those 50 feet, and then once you get there, then you see the next 50 feet, then you see the next, and then it's like, eventually you arrive to your destination. Mm. And for me, like, I always thought that was dope, because that, like, it's a great analogy just for life in general. Like, yeah, because you don't see Z standing at A. Right, and right now I could be like in fucking R or some shit, you know, <laughs> but back then it was like, that was A to B. It was like, all right, yeah. well. I don't, you know, like I got this far and I didn't do nothing with it, but I learned a lot and now I can go to the next level and yeah. see like, you know what I'm saying? So, Definitely. So, so what was the next level after that? Um, I mean, at this time, like while I'm recording, there's also like battles going on and okay. this is, um, I never like vocalized this, but <laughs> I remember thinking to myself back then because like there was such like a, a phase of like, you know, like the like the recognized parable serum gin yeah like gin, all yeah. them dudes like they were killing shit yeah and around this time they kind of stopped like everyone kind of moved on like recognized he did the mtv shit so that's right locally he wasn't really fucking with battle rap like he already did everything yeah locally, you know serum same shit you know so i started thinking to myself like yo now like i'm gonna be you know, there's a <laughs> void yeah there's a void and it's like now i'm just like yes they're gone and i can fucking come <laughs> in and like a wreck shop and like yeah. i remember thinking that to myself because i never wanted to battle them dudes like i wasn't i like i didn't feel like i was good enough yet you know what i'm saying yeah. Yeah. and i did have to battle wreck before mm. and you know it was a lesson learned <laughs> it was a fucking lesson learned man but you know like at this time there was a lot of battles that I was just like anywhere anywhere I would find something like I would go I don't care if it was a part of our scene so like I would find battles that like I was like like the eight mile story where I was fucking Eminem in a group of like all black like there used to be a you know the US one flea market yes yes I used to go there a lot and there was a time where like they would announce on the radio like on Power 96 or some shit that they're having a battle there so I heard this shit, I'm like riding around like my little Toyota MR2 and I'm like, oh shit, there's a battle. And I'm living like in like the falls, like Pinecrest area. Okay. And so it's right down the street. So I go there one week and I end up getting to the finals and losing to like the top dog. The, you know, the one that's like holding shit yeah, down. Yeah, been there for a yeah. So, you know, like I lost, but everyone's like, damn, like this dude, you know, like he's fucking dope. And mind you back then, like my look was like, I, you know, you just see like you're younger and you try to be like more like fucking like cool and shit. So yeah. I used to wear like the head wrap, like the shirt around my head okay. with the beads. Yeah. And so imagine me, I'm going to like Richmond Heights and I look like this and they're like, the fuck, and I'm there by myself. Yeah. You know? So like, but I would always like, I loved being in those circumstances. Those where moments, the, yeah. You know, where they're just like, 
this guy is gonna be whack. Like you could tell he's white. He's you know he's not part of this or what's mm-hmm. going on here. And then surely enough, like I don't come on no street shit, but I do my own shit. And battling to me, it's always been more ragging on the person. You know, like now a lot of people battle, and it's all about like you know pulling out a gun. Like you could just rhyme that rhyme to anybody. But for me, yeah. like. For me, like, I came up on some, like, whatever you look like, I'm gonna, that's what I'm gonna talk about. Yeah. And you can't deny that shit, because if some dude is wearing a fucking, he's trying to be, like, all, like, you know, like, he's claiming that he has money and all this shit, he got, like, a stain on his white shirt. That then, it don't go. <laughs> that don't match. You know, like, <laughs> exactly. So it's, like, things like that, that it was, like, undeniable. It was, like, damn, like, he's calling out his whole outfit. He's, you know, he's, he's breaking down his style and shit like yeah. that. Yeah. Or vice versa would be is if you try to use the uh, the other side of the coin would be is if you try to use a rhyme where it's kind of tailored towards a certain thing and you kind of point out something like you're oh and you're you know with that bandana you're wearing and the guy's not wearing a bandana it's like that's yeah, that's exactly. like what are you talking about <laughs> that, uh, that yeah I see that's why like I, I would never do shit like that man it was always like and not only that but like back then like I was so much of an amateur that I really fucking thought that you were cheating if you thought of anything before you get on the fucking stage. Wow. So, like, yeah. I swear to God, like, like I would watch certain battles, like, when I started watching Scribble Jam. Okay. You know, like, these dudes would have, like, these multi-syllable punchlines where I'm like, how the fuck did he just think of that? Like, one, one, one of my favorites was, uh, this, you know Iron Solomon? Yes, He yes. battled No Can Do, and he was like, yeah, homie, I'm a henny addict. This is what Lenny Kravitz would look like as a skinny faggot. And I'm like, God damn, bro. Like, that shit. <laughs> but then, like, come, the to spot? Find, come to find out that, you know, everyone that would go to Scribble Jam every year, they knew, like, more or less, like, the main eight dudes. It was, like, the, the Saurus, Ill Mag. Like, yeah. You know, so they had premeditated punchlines. I didn't know that back then. I just, I really thought that like it was you're fucking, you're fake, like you're cheating. Yeah. If you, if you're fucking plotting shit before you get on stage. So once I get on stage, that's when I look at the person, and that might have been why I wasn't like one of the the best fucking like. Yeah, I was always like I was good, but compared to like other people, like I wouldn't do the premeditated shit. Yeah. You know? So. Um. That's kind of funny because I know Master Ace has a line at one point where he battled, I forgot who it was, famous battle, you can find it online, where he battled somebody. Oh, I think, um... And, was it Juice? I don't know if it was Juice I or... I think it was uh, Boogeyman. Oh, maybe Boogeyman. I know that he went, that sounds yeah, that sounds about right. I think it was on the Underground Airplay album. Okay, and then he goes, um, and then eventually he writes a song and he, he addresses the fact that he lost in this battle, but that's Master Ace, so you're thinking, oh, Master Ace lost. And then I think he has a line. I think I don't know if it's uh, "Disposable Arts" or "Long Hot Summer." One of the one of the songs he did, one of the albums he did after that, he said um, something about um, realizing that most cats don't play fair. Next time, just get at them and school them like daycare or something like that. Which I think he was hinting at the same fact that he went into it thinking, "Yo, we're just gonna it's just gonna be a battle off the top, it's not." And then when you realize, oh wait, this guy's. He had this ready. He was ready, you know. So it's funny that you mentioned that because yeah, that's, that reminds me of Master Ace's situation. Um, so from the battle scene, running into a, well, there was a void in the battle scene. You jumped into it and you figure, alright, this is where I'm gonna capitalize. Um, at what point did you say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start putting these songs. I'm gonna go back to my original idea was to work on a project. When that, when did you go back um, into thinking, yo, I'm gonna put a project together? Well, you know what, man? Like, my first album, The Kill for Chrome Shit, um, 
a lot of people don't know, man, but that shit took me five years, and it's like, wow. <laughs> so, you know, like, while I was doing all the battles and, you know, doing, like, little local shows and stuff, um, I was always working on music, but it was just, like, more like random songs, and mind you, at this time, MySpace was a huge thing, so yes. MySpace had the little, if you had, like, a band page, yeah. you had the music players, so because I wasn't, like, fully, like, like as an artist like I didn't have any direction of like my future like yo two years from now I was just thinking like yo I have MySpace I want people to hear my music <laughs> you know so mm. I would record one song and I would post it on MySpace and like that's what I was doing and MySpace was a big like I would get a lot of people from around the world just yeah. randomly fucking like tap into my shit so no, definitely a strong promotional vehicle yeah man and it was like that was the first like MySpace was the first uh I guess like uh, social media tool that I used to like put myself out there publicly like as far as like photo shoots and you know making okay. yourself look more like presentable you yeah, know? yeah. Like, so <clears throat> around this time um, I'm still like you know I'm working on music and then comes in uh, the acapella form of battling okay and I was obsessed with it like I was watching what made me obsessed with this shit is watching Parable and Mad Ills. I don't know if you ever watched that in 2007, but it was a it was a tournament. And it was it was a two on two. <laughs> yeah, I think I caught that. I saw that if back then if you had Comcast or there was a cable provider that if you had them, yeah. you could go into like a menu where it would show you music and then it would drop like battle clips. Yeah, I don't and, remember how I saw it. I, I think I was, there was, a, oh yeah, it was in Jump Off TV. It was, okay, okay. Jump Off TV was the one that was like running the whole shit. Okay. I don't remember if I was watching the videos on YouTube or if it was directly through the site. Yeah. But every day I would go home, like, what they did is like, it was a tournament of, I think like 10, uh, 10. MCs? 10 teams. Oh, 10 teams. Okay. Yeah. So oh, it'd be like, and, but they all, <clears throat> you know, they're putting footage out day by day, but all this happened in a matter of one day. Okay. So the whole thing was that, <clears throat> like, your perseverance, like how long can you fucking last? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you're gonna do really good in this first battle, but are you gonna run out of rhymes when you go towards the end? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that was a true test, and <clears throat> there was probably two or three, probably yeah, like I think two, which was the source and the Mac, okay. which was like they just fucking took the world by storm like yeah. what they did there was like I had never in my life seen some shit like that man it was just the chemistry the multi-syllable punchlines yeah <clears throat> the other group was uh, Mad Ills and Parable yeah that even though you know they started doing a lot of filler shit cause you have to I mean like you're battling a whole fucking day yeah you're gonna come you're gonna run out of shit to say you know but just watching someone from like my area do the shit and being on the internet hmm. like the internet was not what it is today so you see something like that on the internet it's like damn bro it makes it more tangible it makes it more like damn I think I could do this Yeah. and for a while like what scared me was just like I'm a very like low key like I don't really like too much attention and shit like which is weird for an MC <laughs> yeah. but, but I like my whole like thing about that battling era was like the idea of having a camera on you for like 20 minutes you could slip up and just have like this dumb moment and then it goes viral like that shit would terrify me yo you know? yes you know right. I didn't even think about it I, like that I swear bro like cause I like 
I feel like there's some people that naturally, like, if you put a camera in front of them, they just act like it amplifies them. Yes. Other people, like, I feel like I could just be awkward sometimes or some shit. It takes you out of your comfort zone. Like, yeah, so you're not you know, even yourself no more. In yeah, a sense. Or it could know, happen. Like, I think, I, I mean, I, I would think a lot more into it back then. I don't really think of it that much now. But mm. back then, these were like the things I'm like, man, like, I would be nervous, bro. Like, I, I, I would fucking kill anybody. Like, I would watch these battles be like, I could kill most of these cats, but just the camera and just all that shit like it makes me like a little nervous and shit yeah. and honestly bro like i probably would have never done it like they called me to do the shit it's like at this point like this is 2008 and okay. so grind time starts i don't know if okay. you ever caught on a grind time but that was like the first battle league that like after that two-on-two shit like yeah then came grind time which grind time kind of birthed everything that is going on in battle rap right now it was okay. like the first league that had you know before like smack the, before king yeah. of the dot smack existed like in the early 2000s yeah but what made like the shit popular was grind time okay and then around the same time smack was doing their shit but grind time was it appealed to like a wider demographic because okay. they had like the jokesters they had the nerd rappers they ah. had the street rappers url was strictly street shit yeah you know yeah. so and back then like it was more simplified the rhyme so like a lot of people would like would knock url because they would just be like yo this is more simple shit like mm. it's whack now you know look into now and it's like tables turn like yeah now all people want to watch is url if you want to watch battle rap you yeah know? but um but you know so like around this time grind time was like the main thing and they had a uh a division out in Orlando and I knew some of the dudes in there <laughs> and um, around this time I was doing some shit called I Am Hip Hop My Voice Matters okay. with a group of uh, artists that I knew that I grew up with one of them is uh, Bully Bully, um, Bully sorry Bully Banger real name is Boulevard he does all my uh, like photography does some of my videos okay so. <laughs> he, he started out as an MC but now he does like like visuals and whatnot yeah um him there was this girl maui kai really dope mc like very uh versatile she moved out to france now she's uh she has a crew called backpack jacks okay. but around this time like we had this it was a non-profit organization and we would go to like uh juvenile centers okay and talk to incarcerated kids about hip-hop wow. and how they could use hip-hop as an outlet you know like we would go like once or twice every month and we would have like like let's say we talk about graffiti you know like we would give them a lesson on graffiti we'd mm -hmm. give them like a little black book and you know like we just try to like okay. influence them and shit you know yeah and around this time maui kai was like the leader of this shit she was based out of orlando she knew a lot of like the orlando heads there was this dude cap callus that was the florida division uh president for okay. grind time so because I met him, you know, one day he hit me up and he's like, yo, you know, I heard that, you know, like you battle, you're pretty good. We wanted to get you on grind time. And I was like, damn, like to me, like that was like hitting the lotto and shit. Cause mm. like, I've been watching this shit forever. <laughs> yeah. And because of like my fear, like I was just like, I don't, I don't think I'll ever do it. But he called me and I was like, okay. So, so kinda, yeah, so it, it kind of made you feel like, oh, someone on the other side of that camera is yeah. actually appreciating what I do. Yeah, not only that, but it kind of put pressure on me because I didn't want to be like, like, what would be my excuse to not do it? You know what I mean? True, like, true. At that time, it was like grind time was everything, you know? Yeah. Like, so 
It's like I really had no reason to not do it. So I was like, all right, you know. So because he knows I have has I have experience at battling, he's like, we want to put you up against like one of our like our heavy hitters. Like at the time, like grind time was still brand new. It was like a year old. Yeah. So they're still discovering talent. So they don't okay. have that many that much talent. So but they had like these two or three dudes that they were a little bit better than the rest. Yeah. And he was like, you know, we have this dude. Uh, I think. This dude, Hemisphere, a really good uh, artist, actually. He's fucking super dope. Um, he threw out, like, two or three names. And honestly, I was like, yo, you know, like, I've been battling for a minute, but this acapella shit, I've never done it, you know. So I'll be honest with you, like, I'd rather start with someone, like, that's, you know, like a rookie that's just getting his feet wet. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'll work my way up. I don't have, I don't have a problem working my way up. And he's like, all right, if that's what you want to do, that's cool. Um, I'll put you up against this dude. Um, his name was Al P. Um, some Asian dudes from Atlanta. Al P. And his name uh, Al P. And he was from Atlanta. Okay. <clears throat> and um, <laughs> it was funny, yo, because this dude Cap, he was like, yo, he's Asian, so you know, don't come with like all like generic Asian jokes and shit. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I get to writing, and everything becomes nothing but Asian. <laughs> <laughs> Did he just, say not to or to do it? I'm it's not like, sure. yo, everything was like. Bro, I said, but the thing is, it wasn't like distasteful. It was just funny shit. Yeah, you know, it was like, I, bro, I said some shit. They had, like, had, had something with really good at math or uh, I said, poor like, drivers or. Yeah, the driver one's my favorite one. I said like, yo, you and your, you and your family spend so much time building cars, trying to learn how to, building cars, trying to learn how to how to design them. Put in, put in so much time and effort to learn how to design them, but forgot to put in the effort to learn how to drive them. Or uh. <laughs> I butchered the fuck out of it, you know. But yeah. but it was something like that. It was like yeah, and there was like a bunch of just like cliche, like yeah, you know, like I seen Karate Kid and that mosquito <laughs> did not deserve to die, like, <laughs> and it was just like. You know, I started off slow, and then, like, once I got comfortable, bro, like, I destroyed the kid. He choked, wow. mind you, he, th he choked all three rounds. Wow. So, while I'm here, like, just fucking destroying all Asian culture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he can't get a word there, out. He's just, like, trying to remember his rhymes and just forgetting, cutting the shit short. So, mm. that was, like, once that happened, I was like, all right, I'm good now. Like, you Yeah. Know, and I'm not That's, listening to the dude who told me not to, not to, not you know, to do any Asian jokes. Well, he's like, he's hosting the shit. So he's right there in front of me. And he's, you know, like, he starts, he, it's just funny shit, you know? Like, that's the thing with battling, like... If you're going up against someone that, you know, like, if he's Asian, now I wouldn't do, like, all the same shit. But yeah. I would definitely have some shit about you being Asian. Yeah, You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. and it's not going to be, like some distasteful racist shit it's gonna be some funny shit that everyone can laugh about you yeah. know what I'm saying like I'm not gonna fucking call you a gook or you know, yeah like something some yeah, shit ultimately like offensive it's yeah, more like, like nonsensical stereotypes where cause there's there's drivers there's bad drivers of all nationalities you know so it's not something where you're like yeah, so, you're really attacking the core of the of and this not person. only that but back then like grind time was known for like the the ranking it was like a more advanced version of like the your mama jokes yeah you know what i'm saying yeah, so yeah. like now battling is different like now there's more like time taken into like the craftsmanship of like technicality of yeah, the rhymes like, the lyricism the double meanings double entendres the <clears throat> yes. scheme like people have invented so much different shit in battling that if you're coming at your opponent with just like oh i heard you're asian and you fucking you know you can't do that anymore. yeah nah, you know what i'm saying gonna... like you have to be 
extremely creative if you're gonna come with an angle like that, you know? Wow. So, Dope. you know, that's, um, I forgot where else. Oh, damn, my bad, bro. I'd be like, <laughs> you could, yo. Because you were asking me about my fucking music. And, <laughs> but, you know, the whole point of me saying is like around the time of, I, that I started doing the grind time shit, yeah. which was 2009, the year before I had already started Kill for Crumbs. Okay. But it was like a song it was a here, a five-year process, there. you said, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't like I was working on music. Like, mind you, like this, during these five years, you know, it was weird because this is the most publicity I've gotten as an artist, like, mm. because of battling. Yeah. Like, because these fucking, these, a lot of these uh, battles, they would get, like, thousands and thousands of views because of grind time, you know? Yeah. So, like, I think my highest viewed one was, like, 65,000. Wow. So, you know what I'm saying? But, like, at the same time this is going on, my real life is like in shambles you know mm. like i'm still like a young kid mentally where like i don't want to work I, i'm living at home and like yeah so everything is like fucked up and the only thing that i'm that is like secure for me is like all right well next week there's a battle in grind time <laughs> that's yo like i was such a like i guess i don't i had like a very immature mentality and not yeah. only that but like when i first got into grind time i felt like it was such a powerful thing that you just had to sit back and they'll do the work for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. I like... The, they weren't um, asking for more from you than just it'll show up and face yeah, off. Yeah, but the, like, the whole idea for me was like... I just... I thought it was like such a big thing that grinding was not like a part of my... You know what I'm saying? Cause yeah, I, yeah. I was relying on them. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like you get 30,000 views and it's like, yo, this fucking random kid in Arkansas knows me now. I yeah. have to do shit for that. Yeah. But, you know, like looking back, it was just like, yo, like you have to grind and do your part too. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the, a big reason why a lot of those fucking battlers from that time are still doing shit now is because they're fucking putting on a show when they battle but they're also fucking putting in work outside of that you know what I'm saying yeah. and that was something that back then it was just like yo I thought I just had to sit there and wait for Cap to call me you know mm. what I'm saying it wasn't even like I was trying to make my own moves like I was waiting for this dude to call me so he could tell me who I'm fucking battling and the more I got into battling the more I was just like I can't let these dudes direct me to cause they don't they're dealing with like all these battlers they're not gonna focus on me I know what my talent is and I know what my potential is yeah. they don't because they're focused on this dude that has a much bigger name correct so it's like I had you know like that's that's a big learning lesson that I fucking learned it's just you know like never wait for somebody to do shit for you man it's just always do your part man and constantly like, keep motion even on your own and as you're waiting yeah. you constantly keep moving Dope, man. So battle. We covered the battle scene. I want to get into the projects, but we have a whole other segment, which is the beat segment, and then we'll touch on the uh, the newest project, the most recent project. We'll get into that there. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap this one here, just so they get they get to know you. They got to know you. Um, you want to hit them with the socials? Let them know where they could find you and yeah. the music. Um, yeah. So on Instagram, it's uh, Sir underscore Charles One K underscore. Uh, you know, we also got the What They Do page as W-H-U-T dot D-E-Y dot D-O. Um, I'm on Facebook, my real government, 
got nothing to hide, man. Charles <laughs> Romero, bro. Like, <laughs> that's it. You could fucking dive into all my records. There's nothing. You know so, yeah, it's, not, it's not anything that so, nobody don't know already. Yeah, or won't eventually find out through the music. I think that's like a, certain people just think that's like a cool thing. Because sometimes I hear people do that. And I'm just like, yo, you have nothing on you. <laughs> what are you hiding? A, a library book you didn't turn in one time. You still owe money. You should have brought it in. Yo, Bruce Beats and he's the podcast. Old head at. I got Sir Charles with me. We'll see y'all on the other side. We shine without flossing that bling bling at the pub with the buds. Picture of Yang Ling. Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast, uh, Old Head Ed still here with you, Sir Charles, a.k.a. 1000. Uh, we're, we're in the Bruce portion of the podcast, and this is where we um, have the guest sample four beers. Um, he gives us his thoughts on them, um, shares a story, uh, what else, um, um, lets us know what he normally drinks, and then we find out whether the, what he has in front of him he likes, doesn't like, if he would go back to it, if he found it somewhere, you know the whole deal. Uh, before we get into that, though, this segment is sponsored by Mama Juana King. All about the Mama Juana King. You can find them on Instagram at both uh, the aforementioned sites, or I'd say tags. It's like social tags, socials, I don't know, uh, account names. The ads. The ads. Oh, the the ads. There you go, the ads. Let's do that. You can find them at Mama Juana King or at All About the Mama Juana King. So, so um, you've never had Mama Juana before. Never have, man. This is gonna be a first-time experience. Shit from a mile away. Okay. Let's see what this is about. <laughs> Let's do it. So, cheers. You just chug it, right? That's it, bro. To the head. Oh, man. Now, we improvise with the shot glasses. We definitely improvise with the shot glasses. So when I poured, I don't know if I did a typical shot, but we felt it. We felt yeah. it. I feel any shot, man. I don't, I don't really fuck with shots. You're not a shot type of dude? Oh, well, well thank you for playing along. But, yeah. <laughs> Dope. So let's get into the beers. You do do beers, though. Yeah. Okay, beers is more your forte. Uh, the first beer I'm oh, going to have you try. I got coasters, son. Oh, oh look at that. Oh, bust. Third born coaster. Bust them down. Yes, let's utilize them. Dope. Bam. Bam. Shout out the sticker mule. You know nice. Saying? Oh, they whipped up the coasters, too? Yeah, Sticker Me always got these little sales and shit. I always try to catch them. Sometimes, like, they just do random sales. So, for okay. this was, like, get uh, 50 coasters for $9 instead of paying 75 or something. Wow, shit. okay. So, that's pretty they dope. They do a lot of That's where I, like, I just gather up on, like, stickers and shit. Yeah. Just like that. Like, sometimes they'll do, like, oh, I have a 100 for a certain amount. Yeah. Instead of the regular price. Okay. So, you just catch a little uh, sale. That's the secret, yo, because I was looking at them because I saw, um... I think I had seen you either post something about it or something in one of the pictures we, where it said Sticker Mule on one of the IG posts. Yeah, and I think Art I, I think Art Marrera did something with the uh, Sticker Mule too. So I was like, yo, I need stickers for my shit too. And I started looking them up and I was like, I, I think there was people that had more competitive prices, but that's the cheat code is you're Sticker saying. Mule, it's like, yeah, I think that's, I mean, you know what happens is like once you follow one of them, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden on your Instagram, everybody all, the, all the ones are going to pop up, like yeah. the Sticker Yeti. So you're going to see a bunch of them. Okay. So far what I've seen is Sticker Mule has like the best deals. Okay. You know, like, I mean, there's other ones, but this is like Sticker Mule is the one that I fuck with the most just because they have 
like the better deals. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm now I'm gonna have to get on the same page and uh, look out for those deals because it would be it would really be dope to have um Bruce Beats and these coasters and then I'll probably just leave them at some of the bars have, I pull up at. Yeah, you have the logo already too. Mm -hmm. That's another dope thing is like a lot of these um, websites they might be like a little sensitive towards like what you put like you could just literally draw something handmade yeah. and just upload the picture and that will be your coaster. That's exactly what it is, yeah. yeah. Dope, dope. So sticker mule if you need stickers. Sticker mule, cut that check, man. We're promoting over Real, here. Man. Get get <laughs> me and Charles involved with you know with the, the payroll department. So with that, the first beer you're gonna try is uh, from the Vasasur Brewing Company. It's the Malayerba. Uh, whenever you're ready, you can right? fire off. Yes, sir. Uh, Where's this from? This is from Florida. This is actually down here. This is down south here. Um, it's an American IPA. Clocks in at a 5.2%. Um, and yeah, that's the Vasasur. I like it. You like yeah. it? Yeah. It's funny because I think I, I remember uh, last time I, we, we chilled here. Last time we came through, we chilled here. By the time we realized, yo, we should get something to drink, we took a trek down to the closest gas oh, station. Oh, this is the one that, uh, that yeah. you have to get? So I pulled up to the gas station over in Miami Beach. Yeah, we're live in Miami Beach. We're not live. I mean, we're recording live in Miami Beach. You're not going to hear this for a minute. But So we pulled up to the gas station, and, and I'm on some old, like, yo, what haven't you guys drank? Because I want to have, like, have you guys kind of like a little impromptu tasting session. It was, uh... I don't think we got anything that day. No, no. It was, it was you, Orion... Um, DJ Tres and, uh, and Infinite, yeah. Sweet Jesus was with us, and we pull up to the gas station, I make a beeline for the coolers, and I spot the Vasasur Malayerba, and I was like, oh, this is the one. I reach for the handle, and I go to pull it, and the door goes nowhere. I look towards the bottom of the door frame, and they've got a padlock on it. Yeah, man. <laughs> Lock and key. For all the people that don't know, man, that's Miami Beach. Like, you know, I'm, I work in Miami Beach, so, and I work overnight, so. Okay. Imagine how many people, tourists, that I get, like, hey, where can I get some beer? And I have to tell them, like, you have to go to a club or a bar, because at this time, they don't sell beer after 12 o'clock. They're trying to, like, funnel, they're trying to funnel all the people who want to drink like to that. certain areas. It's, I mean, because there's been a lot of accidents, man. I think uh, a few years ago, they had a few, like, fatal accidents, so, um. I think that's why they changed that now. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is typically the part where uh, I ask for, um, I ask our guests uh, any early beer memories, um, early stories, maybe your first experience, maybe your best Damn. or worst experience. Um, I'll go with my first experience just because okay. that's what I remember off the top of my head. <laughs> we used to, yo, like when I first try drinking man like I have a good friend um, a good friend Palmer man a homeboy of mine um, been friends since 13 years old when we were like 15 we were still like young but we were like at a, that rebellious age where it's like we want to start doing shit but we're still too young to do certain yeah. things so <clears throat> we would um he had a, a cousin had has a cousin <laughs> that lives in, or used to live in Miami Beach and uh you know, we were down south, and so on the weekends, we would fucking go to his apartment, and uh, our whole thing was like, yo, let's get a court. Okay, yes, because <laughs> we didn't have 40s down here, it was yeah, a court. It's like, let's get a court, and like, to us, that's like, yo, we fucked up. <laughs> yeah. like one fucking court. Yeah, that's 32 and, ounces uh, of booze. Yeah, man, and like, uh, I don't even think it was the St. Ives, man. Like, Was it Blue Bull? Red Bull? Nah, man, it was... Cause this was like, 
late nineties already. Yeah. So the Saint Eyes wasn't really. No. Like a, well, no, no. Sh- wait, no, no. Yeah, cause I know it was like some flavored shit. It was. Yes, like, it. But it, it wasn't Saint Eyes, but it was flavored. Cause Saint Eyes came out with the flavors right around ninety eight. Saint Eyes. It probably was. Was it blue or pink? The liquid or like the, the, the fluid? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Because they had a blueberry and then they had a kiwi. Strawberry. I just remember it was a like a big bottle and shit. And yeah. It was like the OE, but it was like a dark. I, it could have been Saint Eyes, man. But we used to fucking get a quart and just drink the shit. And <laughs> like, I remember the first few times we did it, like we would act like we were fucking because we wanted to like. <laughs> yeah. So you know, like you start playing mind games with yourself. You're like, yo, you fuck. <laughs> you know, and then like we just passed out because we're tired. We're not drunk. We're just like, oh, I got passed out, bro. We're fucking tired. We're not doing shit. We're not like going out to the clubs or nothing. So, whatever. Like that's like what we would do sometimes on weekends. Um, but I remember one time we did that, and he uh, like this friend of mine. Like he um, we went to school together, and he was getting in a lot of trouble. So like there was this one year in ninth grade that. He went to like one of these private like Ace Academy or some shit like that. Okay. And uh, he met this dude that I actually ended up knowing from elementary school. So he told me he met him and like it was a small world because this dude knows. So he's like, yo, let's hang out or whatever. So you know, this dude that he met that I was friends with like way back. Yeah. He lived in North Miami Beach and he was like, he was like a rich boy, man. Like he had like fucking his family had like a lot of money and shit. Okay. So like he invited us to his crib we drank or whatever and I forgot like we ended up like in one of like his homeboy's house and they were smoking this is like before I smoked I was 15 years old yeah you know so like I never smoked or nothing man and they were like taking bong rips and shit and uh (laughs) like dude just fucking vomited everywhere man like all over his fucking room like fucking like everywhere dog and I was just like damn bro like I wish I was fucked up (laughs) cause like like, I yo like back then like weed to me in my mind was still like the devil you know what I'm saying yeah yeah yeah. when I was 15 I was still like I was into hip hop but I was very into uh, like from 6 to 15 I was playing soccer okay I was very involved in the shit like it was you know like I was on a traveling team and all this shit so um you know, like, I was taking that shit very serious, so yeah. my whole, like, mind state was, like, you know, drug-free is the way to be type shit, Yeah, you know? yeah which is, I, I recommend it for all 15 and 16-year-olds, yeah, you know, like, keep that I, same mentality. I just, bro, like, yeah, I don't think, uh, when you're in that age, dog, like, I don't think you should fuck with anything. Yeah, so, so it must have, like, blown you away, or it must have uh, confirmed your beliefs. Because if a man starts taking bongers and all of a sudden he's puking his brains out and you're like, oh, see, that's exactly why I don't you smoke. You know, like, I think I was so young that I didn't even, like, put two and two together. I was just like, I just knew he was fucked up. I didn't, mm, yeah. back then I was too, like, inexperienced to know that you mix weed with liquor and it's, you know, it's not going to be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, that was, my first memories was that. Man. The drinking like, beer. Yeah. Dope, dope. That's wild. That's wild. All right, let's get into the next one. Oh, well, actually, no, go ahead. You can finish that one off. Um, <clears throat> Good. You like you like that one? You're digging that one? Yeah, man. We could have we could have done this about a month ago, bro. If that if that damn if that damn cooler would have been unlocked, you know what I'm saying? We could have had this beer about a month ago, uh, right after you guys did the performance at Technique Records. That was that was a dope 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 performance. Oh, that's right. I thought it was um this last or that. Yeah, now, nah, nah, I missed out. I missed out on uh, the performance oh, at Las Rosas. Show? 
You know what sucks, man? Out of all the shows that we've done, that's the one show that I don't think there's any footage. Really? That, yo, that show was incredible. Like, that shit felt like... Like, you know, for me, man, like, there's certain, like, hip-hop moments that you have, that I have, that I feel like everyone has. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, like, certain nights that you have, like, yo, this night, man, I'll never forget. Yes. That night to me, bro, like, I already knew from Jump that the shit was gonna be dope as fuck because the sound man was, like, the MVP that night, bro. Really? Yo, that fucking sound was perfect dog like everything like i was watching um i don't know if you know cairo he's nah. a, he's an mc from out of here he's okay a, a younger cat a little bit younger really dope um he was on before us and i was watching him yo and like it was just when i heard him, i was like damn dog i can't wait till we fucking go on <laughs> yeah. man because that's some very important like we've had a lot of shows that because of the sound like i think one of our first shows was a krs show i don't know if you went to that one nah i missed that one my mic was really low and I'm like the last person to have a low, you know what I'm the saying? Last, yeah, the like last person you want with a little microphone. So like the first few verses, like I was a lot lower and shit. And like it, that shit is really important, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like this show, man, on top of the fact that the fucking engineer was fucking incredible, we, none of us missed the fucking beat, bro. Like, you know so, how we always, one of us. Yeah, yeah, I witnessed, I witnessed. Yo, we didn't skip anything, bro. Like wow. we all knew all of our fucking lyrics. And yeah. like, it was just like, Man, like, um, Draz put up a, he had like a live feed. Yes, that's that's it. where I was able to, no, actually I saw it, at, yes, I didn't see it that night, but I saw it afterwards on Draz's account. Yeah, so like, that that was the first song, that was like just us getting into the shit, but, yeah. um, but you could even see it in that video, man, like everything kind of like just flows like perfectly, so, man. Yeah, yeah. Man, I'm just pissed that nobody got any fucking footage wow, of this shit, Wow, wow, that's wild. <laughs> Dope, let's get into that next one. This is a uh, an alcoholic root beer. This is a uh, not your father's root beer. It comes from a small town brewery. It's an herb and spice beer. Um, this one clocks in at a 5.9, so we kind of came up a little bit on the ABV, and it's brewed in Illinois. I like the name, not your father. Not your father's root beer. Yeah, yeah, because it's typically uh, yeah, not your father's root beer. I guess is that yeah, not your typical root beer. This one has a little more kick. It has an alcoholic content oh, to it. Oh, it's actually. Yeah, I was like, this is fucking root beer. <laughs> it tastes like root beer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, that's that's kind of like the gift and the curse. Because typically, if you're a root beer fan to begin with, <clears throat> if you're a soda fan to begin with, when you drink root beer, you're thinking, I'm eating, and you have a couple of glasses of root beer to go with the meal or whatnot. You might go through a couple of cans of root beer or whatever. I don't recommend anybody actually, and it's okay, I don't re recommend anybody actually drink several of these back-to-back -back because... You kind of like you feel them not so much in like the alcohol, but the just taste. The, the taste. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, like, like it's the, good that right anise. now, but I feel like if I keep drinking this to get drunk, it's not it's, gonna be no bad combination. Trust me, yeah. <laughs> experience. But definitely a taste, and it's a good experience. Like oh shit, they actually have an alcoholic root beer. I think this is one of the better ones because there's a couple of other beer brands that have tried their alcoholic um, root beer, and they kind of missed the mark on them. I didn't even know this shit exists, man. Yeah. This is like I don't I can't decide if I like it, bro. <laughs> it's just different, man. It has like that sweet taste. Hey, you could hey, listen, we just need your opinion. Um you could say, hey, you know what? I don't even like this at all. Uh I'm gonna leave it here. I do like it. I, I feel like it's just 
I could drink this and I won't, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if you I'll drink that good. amount, that yeah. like four or five ounces and then yeah, that's... Yeah, it's like good to taste and shit, but I can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like after a while, it'll taste like you're drinking watered down root beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, like I said, it's it could be a little deceiving because if, you, if you're drinking it with the, the thought in mind that you're like, oh, this is root beer, Eventually, you're like, all right, I'm tired of this. The, the flavor is still the same. It's, it's 5.9. It's 5.9. Yeah. Yeah, which is a little higher than your typical. I think. I think your average beer, whether it's, like it's five, Coors Bud Light, yeah, like five point two. Yeah, late uh, uh, high four or a five point two. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little more that went into this one here. Um, <coughs> what are you drinking nowadays? What's something you go to nowadays? Um, I'm not much of a drinker, man. Like, okay. when I do drink, I usually stick to, like, the same kind of beers. I like trying craft beers, man. So, like, if I go to Wynwood okay. and I go to, like, a certain place that I see beers that I haven't tasted, yeah, I'll try, like, different ones just, just to try them. Yeah. What's um, one that kind of, like, stayed with you or you realize, yo, this is something new and it's dope? Uh, Key Billy. Key Billy. Key Billy is fucking great. Um, I actually got into that shit. I used to work in... Um, W Hotel in Brickell, like in 2016. Okay. And um, I worked in the purchasing department, and part of my job was getting all the inventory for all the liquors, like, you know, whatever orders we come in. Okay. And, you know, just organize all the shit and just yeah. make sure all the inventory is right. So um, we would order certain beers that I never fucking heard of. Keith Billy was one of them. Okay. Actually, it was three that they were promoting that were from here. Um, and that was one of them. The other one was that I that I discovered there. Yeah, you got it. Fat Tire is the other one that I fucking... Fat Tire, yeah. Dope. Discovered there that I... Actually, I get that a lot when I go out. Um, That's a Belgium. <clears throat> that Fat Tire is a Belgium. They've started, they started flipping a couple different... Because um, it was... They, I think they have a couple different... Fat Tire does a... I think it's New Belgium is the, is the brewing company. And... Um, they do the fat tire. They also do the the hemperer. It's a hemp pale ale, and it's probably similar to that first one we had with the ma the mala yerba. Mm -hmm. So that that was yeah, that's under the same fat tire umbrella. Um, so fat tire, um, the there was the key billy and the third one. There was one called biscuit. Well, I, I'm not gonna mention it. I can I never tried it, but um. You know, the other one that I feel like I have to always drink now because I put it into what they do is like <laughs> the first lyric was like, lace my Sprite with the Morgan Spice, or paint the night with a blue moon. And orange I slice. love that line. Yeah. I, you know, I love that line just because like, I don't know if other people see that the whole shit rhymes. Yes. The whole <laughs> sentence rhymes. Yeah. You know yeah. What I'm saying? Like, yeah. And then like, have you heard of Kamikaze, Eminem's album? Yes, yes. Have you heard this skit where he's like, it's so funny, yo, because he's talking like, you know how he, on every album he has a skit where he's like talking to the, uh, Paul Rosenberg. Yeah, probably his manager, lawyer, and, slash, yeah, so slash lawyer. Like, so there's like a skit before this one and he was talking like, he's like, hey, uh, so are you just going to respond to everyone that has something negative to say about your, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then Eminem was like, his, like, he has a skit in there where he was just like, He's like, no, like, I'm not going to fucking respond to everyone. But you know what? I found a... Damn, I forget. 
Yo, my bad. I completely forgot why I was fucking telling you this story. Where was I going with this? Because the, the way that the rhyme, the rhyme oh, that yeah, you constructed yeah. that so first like, line on. So like, when he's responding, he's like, so Ryan, just fucking hit me up. I, if, if I could figure out a way to like, let me see. Let, yeah, let's try this real quick. Hold on a second. I'm, I'm, I'm going to swipe up the answer and I'm going to put my man on speaker. Hey, yo, yo. Yo, check it out, man. Welcome to the Bruce Beats and East podcast. Yo, you right? You called us right in the middle of it. I'm here. I'm here live at Thousand's crib. Um, Speak your thoughts, man. What do you think of Thousand? Yes. <laughs> uh, you mean Sir Charles? The one and only. Nothing less. Nothing else would be civilized. Yeah, for real. Well, yeah. What's up, man? What's going on? I, I figured I hit you up. I figured I pick up the call because, like, yo, this makes sense. I'm already at Thousand Scrib. We're recording this podcast. What's good with you? It might sound like trash. I don't know, but we're gonna try it out. I got you on speaker. What's up? Well, damn, man. I like. I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I thought I knew you. You guys were gonna be thinking of earlier and shit. I thought at this point y'all was done, but uh. I'm on my way to Thousand Crib right now, man. Uh, What's up, man? Come through. Smoke some, drink some, and uh, hit up Wynwood, dog. Okay. Come through. We're here. All right, dog. Hey, hey, hey uh, what's the beer y'all having tonight? Oh, okay. Uh, I'm glad you asked, cause uh, we're, right now we um we got through the um Vesa Sur, the Malayelba. That was the first one. It's an American IPA. Thousand tried that one. He gave it the thumbs up. He says he's all about it. And right now he's um he's halfway through the um it's an alcoholic root beer. It's called Not Your Father's Root Beer. So we got a couple more to go, but yeah, we got some here, man. Come through. Alright, that's what's up, man. Got it. Peace. Yes, sir. Yeah, I like the the first half of this shit. The first half of this shit, but it's not something I, I don't blame you. I don't, I don't blame you. Nah, don't even bother, bro. Listen, we're not sponsored by anybody. Else. We we just come with the real. Though. Not your father's root beer. It's, it's good for a limited time in, in thousands' eyes. It's like it's good for a, a moment, I'm but then rename it to "It's not your favorite." Not your, there you go. There you go. Well, let's see if the next one is your favorite. This one is is Winwood Brewing's Rickenbacker Pilsner. Uh, it's a Bohemian Pilsner. It clocks in at a five point one. Which one is that over there? Um, it's the it's the one that has the colors the the the, the pastel oh, joints the, the pastel colors you got the yeah the causeway you got the fish that looks like it's from a Miami fucking brewery yeah it's Winwood Brewing oh okay yeah yeah so um that's their Rickenbacker Pilsner it's a Bohemian Pilsner clocks in at a five point one and oh this is the best one so far okay it, it took a strong commanding lead this one because this shit's good but it has like a bit of a bitter taste the Malayerba yeah because it's got it's an IPA. The Mala Yerba's an IPA, so it has that, that Yo, background so flavor. Let me ask you since yes. we're on this, man. Okay. School me on, on beer, bro. Like, what's okay. like, what is IPA? Okay. I thought that was a brand forever, dog. <laughs> it's fun. Yo, you're not the only one to say that. Also, um, I've had previous guests say that they've walked up to the bar and be like, Yo, let me get that IPA. Because <laughs> they didn't you know, know what it, it meant. Yeah, the it man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you asked that question because I recently learned the answer to that question. IPA stands for Indian Pale Ale. The reason they made an Indian Indian Pale Ale to begin with is because back in the day when they were brewing uh, beers in England, they would ship them out to other areas in order to get them over to India. They they realized that in traveling the beer would go bad so what they did to counteract that was they loaded it up with more hops 
So the more hops you have, I guess the... Okay, so that's the, another thing. What is hops? Hops is one of four things. Is it like the wheat shit? It's like the, the little green, it's the little green bud. <laughs> Okay. So it's a little green bud. They you have know, all. The only reason I know that is because of the fucking logo for Hops Restaurant. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's the only yeah, reason. Yeah. I know. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's perfect <laughs> picture use. You know what I'm saying? So Hops is the green. Is what the bud is. Is the green. Okay. Um, so that's what they would do. They would load it up with hops just so it could make the trip to India, and then they labeled it. This is the Indian Pale Ale, the one that's gonna make the voyage from from England or Europe. Let's say Europe mm-hmm. over to India. My knowledge is very, very surface yeah. level, um, but yeah. that's that's one of the reasons why I decided to incorporate beers into the podcast is because I would like myself, I would like to learn more about it. To learn more, so if you ever become an alcoholic, you can be educated. Exactly, yes, yes, and if I can get the words out, then I would sound smart as shit, but if I'm drunk and I can't get the words out, I sound typical, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, so that's where IPA comes from. And now they've expanded on it, they've done like double IPAs, They've, they've got a New England IPA. They've got dark IPAs. So they, they really, they've a lot of yeah, breweries well, have taken the ball and ran with it. So then it's, what's the, there, there's like a, something Goose. They're like Goose, Goose Island. Island. Goose, so that's the that's a brand. That's a brand. Goose okay, Island is so, a brewery. So IPA, okay, because. Everybody makes IPAs, bro. Everybody. Yeah. So Goose Island makes IPAs. Uh, Winwood makes an IPA. So what's, all right, like, how many different types of fucking beers are there, bro? <laughs> okay, like, so. Some, look, man, like, there's, like, Blue Moon, I love Blue Moon, but I know that's it's a Belgian wheat ale. But I know that shit looks not as clear as. It's cloudy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I usually like the blonde beers that mm-hmm. are clear, but Blue Moon is not that. Blonde hair to the roots, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's how I like my beer. But then again, like you see, this shit was a clear, but it has yeah. a bitter taste. But so. it has a bit, yes. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of about beer that I don't fucking know. I just drink it and I get drunk and yes. that's it. Yeah, well, you, I, I, want, I would love to say you came to the right place, but my information is limited. But I can tell you this, beers fall into two categories. There's ales and lagers. Um, lagers is... Lagers is the more, the lighter stuff. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, and, and if you're a brewmaster out there, I need you on this show. Come and come through, correct me, let me know, fact check me. That's fine with me. I'm down to learn. You should fucking interview uh, Insulin, man, Big Pliskin. Oh, for yeah. real? I mean, I don't know how much he knows, but I know that he's he makes his own shit. Okay. So that's a start. Yeah, definitely. You know who he is? I've heard him. I've heard his name mentioned before, but I'm not sure exactly who he is. <laughs> he's produced like on the Chronicles album. He's produced like. Probably like seventy percent of this shit. Okay. Like he's um really dope, really dope producer. He rhymes too. Okay. He's um part of NOD. He's kind of like all over the place. Yeah. Sometimes like he'll like right now I don't know what he's doing, but he's he's a producer, man. Okay. And if he knows a little bit more, I mean whatever idea or information we could share, that'll be dope. Um, but yeah, so ales and lagers. Um, lagers are a little lighter. Um. If I'm not mistaken, and like I said, I could be wrong, I be- there's two different temperatures at which they brew at. Um, I believe the ales brew at a, at a colder temperature. No, I'm sorry. No, I got that backwards. Lagers brew at a colder temperature. Um, ales are at a higher temperature. That's why a lot of times people, when you buy uh, home brewing kits, it's typically an ale that you get. Because um, you, know, you, you don't have to worry about brewing it so cold. And I could be wrong about all of this, but <laughs> I'm not the authority. I just have an opinion, and I like I like how certain beers taste. 
So this shit is fire. Bro. Speaking of, okay, so you, you're all go with the Rick and Bacher. That's that's a strong number one now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I I appreciate the questions. Um. That, yeah, that, just, that's you know, like I've always wondered shit like that. I just never cared enough to, cause I know enough beers to know like if I go somewhere, I know what to get. But sometimes like you get curious or like. The fucking bottle might look dope, like Funky Buddha. Funky Buddha to me, like I just like the name. Yeah. So that's what made me curious. Like, okay. I'm gonna try this shit. Yeah. And well, I, still, I can't remember. I know I tried it, but it was fucking. And they got and they got a bunch of beers. Like yeah. you, I mean, you know, you try one Funky Buddha. There's a bunch of other ones in the cut that. Yeah. So it's hard to pinpoint which one it is. But ultimately, that's another thing that I like to do is like I'll try everything just to just so that I could share an opinion on it. Um, or learn to see what it is that I like and I don't like. Um, not a big IPA guy. There's very few IPAs that I could drink and I enjoy. Um, I uh, I like Belgians. Uh, I like Belgians. For a while, I was real into the uh, the bourbon barrel ales, the Kentucky bourbon barrels, anything that was brewed in a bourbon barrel. I was all about that. So, but now I find myself gradu- gradu- uh, gravitating towards the the Belgians more often. So. Um, and these are all beers done with different processes as far as brewing, so I just want to learn at the same time, bro. That's it. That's it. It's a good thing to learn. You get fucking drunk and you fucking... Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. The Most time. of the time I post on my story if it's a beer, it's like, yo, hashtag is podcast research. I'm trying to be scientifical about this. <laughs> so being scientifical, let's wrap up that fourth beer. Let's, let's, round, let's round third base and get home. This is a Sierra Nevada Brewing Company's Hot Bullet. It's an American Imperial IPA, and this is where we get on the heavier side of things. This is a 8% ABV, oh, yeah. so you're gonna notice. I really like this one. You're gonna notice the incline. Uh, it's brewed out of California. Taste that one. And let me know what you think. This is this is the second. Yeah, so it's this one, this one, then this one. Okay. Then this shit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why anyone ever buys this shit. So so typically we get to the point where... This shit has a bit of like a bitter taste too. Yeah. But But it's it's felt though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Thousand told y'all, Sir Charles, I typically ask the guest to rank him. He just did so. He definitely said the Winwood Rickenbacker Pilsner is a strong number one. With the uh, Sierra Nevada Hot Bullet right behind as a close second. Then the Vaser Sur Malayelba is the third. And then the Not Your Father's Root Beer is not your favorite. Not, not his not favorite. Favorite. And not. It could be left <laughs> off. Dope. So we did what we came to do, man. You drank the beers. You gave us your opinion. That means we move on to the next segment. So it's Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. We'll see you on the other side. Beats and Easter podcast. We have reached the beats portion, and since I have a uh, battle-tested MC with me, um, and uh, we're gonna pick up where we left off. Um, we're talking about working on projects, and your most recent project, uh, Chronicles of the Third Born, that dropped in March. Was it March that it dropped? Um, I think April. April. Okay, April. But actually, 
It's not my last project. I, I snuck in like a little abortion early. clinic. Hold on, man. My dog is fucking wilding out right Listen, now. Listen, need some attention. Hey, <laughs> everybody wants to be on the podcast. I don't blame some TLC. That's All it. Right. Um. So the second to yeah. last was Chronicle of the Third Born, which led into the abortion clinic, yeah. which was like kind of like the leftovers. Yeah. That's okay. Literally what it was. Um, I call it abortion clinic because of that. You know, it's like the throwaways from the Third Born. It's like yeah. a playoff of like the Chronicles of the Third Born. Yes. Shit. So, you know, anybody that doesn't like the title, don't take it too literal. It's no. not like I'm fucking promoting. Not promoting anything, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, Chronicles of the Third Born was earlier in the year. And then in July, I released the Abortion Clinic, which was songs that just never made the album. Okay. Um, for different reasons. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just... Uh, yeah, man. The abortion clinic was basically the songs that I didn't put on the Chronicles of the Third Born. There's some songs that to me were just like too heavy. You know okay. What I'm saying? Like I don't know if you heard the the, the I mean the abortion clinic. I haven't gotten on that one yet. Well, that shit is uh, it's weird, man, because they're they're the songs that I didn't want to put out because they're very personal. Okay. And there's certain things that I say in there that I don't like to remember. Just mm. when I was in, in the best place in my life, you yeah. know what I'm saying? People don't know that, but you know, yeah. that's that's what it brings me back to. But yeah. I felt like they were very depressing songs and because of that I didn't want to like fill up the Chronicles of the Third Born with a bunch of depressing shit. Okay. Um, I felt like the Chronicles had a good balance of everything you know what I'm saying like yeah yeah I had like the bars in there I had the more you know the Charles side like me yeah yeah saying? that's the whole reason I came up with Sir Charles okay because um you still wanted some connection to who you were yeah like basically like thousand was you know I mean everyone knows like that's the name that I came up with like that, that I came up on like in the past years mm -hmm. and Sir Charles like you know like when I left the battle scene it was just like I felt like I was reinventing myself, like not okay. purposely, but just like once I left battling, I felt like I was growing, you know mm. what I'm saying? Like I was able to grow more as an artist and I felt like a little bit more matured and I felt like the content in my album was more matured. Okay. So, and it was more personal. It was more like Charles and not Thousand, you know what I'm saying? Okay. So yeah. that's the whole reason I switched it to Sir Charles just for that album, but I think it's just gonna stick. It to sticks, it. Yeah. yeah. But, um. But yeah, so like, you know, I made that album and then the abortion clinic shit was basically a, a song that I was going to put on there. But because, you know, now we're like in a different age where everything is, you know, like people's attention span is like very short. So I didn't want to put out an album that has like 20 songs on it on top of everything. So yeah. I just cut it down and, you know, I put out this album. It's like seven songs. and. You know, when you hear it, you'll see what I mean about, like, the personal shit. You yeah, know, there's, uh, yeah. There's a lot of shit on there that's, uh, you know, it's just stuff that I don't like to remember, man. But, you know, it made my story, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. And uh, it's, part of what, it's part of what got you to the point where you're at today. Yeah. And, and I'm sure the irony of it is that a lot of people, I guess, people like seeing the human side of you, man. They like mm. seeing the, like, what's, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, as an MC, like, we feel like... It's important for us to always like look cool and maintain. Cool, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so maintain an image. When you show people like yo, like I have shit that I'm going through. Like you know what I'm saying? They see the more human side and they are, they're able to relate to you more. The most connection happens there because then you realize yeah, so, oh, it's not just me. 
Yeah, so like while I'm here listening to these songs, like, yo, I don't want people to hear this. I don't want people to know this shit about me. And when I put it out, like, that's, those are the songs that I get the most reaction. Even from Chronicles of the Third Born, like, the main two songs that I get the most reaction from are the more personal ones. Yeah. So, you know, the one towards the end that's about my brother and my Keep sister. Keep on living? Yeah. Okay. That, you know, it's not like, you know, like the present shit, but it's like, it's some real shit about, like, an insight of my life and my yeah. relationship with my siblings, you know? Yeah. So, you know, like, people like hearing that shit because it, it, it's like you grow or they grow with you. you know yeah, you find, like, you kind of, they find parallels. They found like yeah, yeah, it's kind of like if you're like you're meeting a girl, like you're in a relationship with a girl, or you're just getting to know a girl. The more you tell her about yourself, the more she's getting to know you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So the more she's like comfortable, like yeah. being around you and yeah. just being like, oh, you know, yeah. Like when you first, when that girl first meets you, you might be, she might be like, oh, he's just like this fucking cocky rapper and this and that. Mm-hmm. But then like you tell her some other shit and it's just like, oh, okay, so he's. Yeah. You know, he's not really all what I thought he was. He's, you know, the yeah. other side to him. So, you know, that's, um, it's weird because those are the songs that people like the most, man. Wow. So, Speaking of songs that people like, um, I was at the album release party at the Esquina de Abuela, and I think one of the first things I told you when I pulled up was, yo, that growth side. Oh. The growth side. <laughs> so, so what we're going to do is we're going to take yo. a break. We're going to listen to growth side. We're going to pump that. We're going to come back on the other side and talk about growth side. All right, you down? Yeah. Yo, cool. Yeah, yeah, so that was Groveside off the Chronicles of the Third Born, the album by Sir Charles, a.k.a. Thousand. Um, Going back to, like I said before, we we threw the song in there. Um, Yeah, I approached you, and I remember telling you, yo, the Groveside. And you told me, the first thing you told me was like, yes, that actually was happening. I was in a spot there and I'm sitting there trying to work on a rhyme and, you know, rats, roaches. And so go ahead. That's right. I did tell you that. Yeah. I I remember now. Yeah. 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 Um, Well, before anything, man, um, shout outs to the homie Name Brand, bro. Rest in peace, Name Brand. He produced that song. Oh, dope. Um, (laughs) Name Brand. Yo, like, Name Brand was so, like... Like when I, he he gave me that beat like years ago, man. I'm talking about like 2007 or eight, and it was just on a CD. He didn't give it to me. It was just on a CD. Okay. And years later, I wrote to it, and like, I just remember his like reaction, like, cause I was like, yo, I wrote to these like two beats that that I have from you. Like, I don't know if you're cool with me using them, cause he's very like selective on who gets on his beats and shit. Yeah. Like he was always like, so. He was just like, yeah, you can have him. He's like, I don't really care for those beats. You can have him. I'm like, damn, backhanded fucking. <laughs> yeah. you know? But you, whatever. You felt like he should have been a little more selective. Uh, like, <laughs> like with but you. that was, you know, Name Brandon was just very, like, that's, I feel like producers should be more like him, man, because he's more focused on, like, the end product. A lot of these producers, it may be because they don't have, like, a day job or they're struggling that, They'll just sell a beat to whoever the fuck. They don't care who the fuck it is. Yeah. And it ends up being like, yo, it's a dope beat, but this dude's whack as fuck. Mm. Name brand, like, you could give that dude, like, millions of dollars. And, well, I don't know about millions. But, <laughs> there, 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 there might be a breaking yeah. point. There might be a, a breaking but, um, point. But he was very, like, he was more focused on, like, yo, I, I need this shit to sound, like, dope, you know? Yeah. Um, but whatever. So that song, basically, uh, that's exactly what I was talking about with the other album, with, um, Abortion Clinic. Yeah. There's a song on Abortion Clinic called Same Old Song. Okay. And 
I called it same old song because it was basically like a continue. Like if you heard Kill for Crumbs, my first album, okay, it was like a lot of struggle rap that I can't bear listening to now because <laughs> it was like a lot of like, yo, like I'm broken, I'm fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I thought that shit was cool. Like as an underground rapper, like a lot of rappers that we grew up listening to was rapping shit like that. So that was a lot of my content. Mm. Um. So. When I uh, when I wrapped up that album, one of the first songs that I made was uh, this song called Same Old Song. And this was in 2013, right after I finished uh, the Kill for Crumb shit. Okay. And basically, like, it was a song that I had wrote. Uh, I was staying with H, with H2O at the time. Okay. And basically what it was, man, it was like I was living at home. I was, like, living back at home during this time never had a good relationship with my mom so like during this time like me and her are, like fucking like and mind you i'm a grown-ass man so yeah. like you know like I'm but to, to your mom you're still yeah Charlie. always you know like yeah. i'm still a little kid Regardless. but like you know i'm like 29 years old and shit and i'm here like i'm like i have no job and i'm like fucking trying to figure shit out mm -hmm. meanwhile trying to do music shit and whatever man it just got to a point where i was just like yo like i think my um my depression bro like I, I got so deep into like my own depression that I got in a situation living at home where I was like being comfortable in this uncomfortable mm. situation you know what I'm saying yeah. like, I was so deep into this shit that I didn't I wasn't motivated to get myself out of this shit you know because yeah, yeah. my mom was like you know that's my mom I love her and everything but she is uh she can be very negative you know yeah and I'm the type of person where like whatever is around me you absorb it yeah like I'm not like if I'm living with two roommates that are like super negative it's hard for me to like brush it off and be like yo fuck these niggas man I'm gonna mm. do my shit like it's easier for me or not easier but it's just like it's hard to like be positive when you're around negative you know yeah. what I'm saying so I basically woke up one day I was like yo like I can't do shit here, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I can't, I live all the way down south where, like, even if I needed to, wanted to get a job, I didn't have a car. Like, it was just, like... It was a lot, yeah. So I was like, man, I need to get out of this shit. So I left. I left my crib, and I didn't have no idea where the fuck I was going to go. I didn't have no money. I didn't have nothing, bro. Mind you, like, I'm a grown fucking man. So, yeah. like, this is embarrassing to me. I, yeah. I don't want to call my friends and tell them this shit because it's, it's my issue. I don't want to be a burden to anybody, you know? So I just left... And um, I was staying at a at one of my friend's house for like a week. That was like a very uncomfortable situation because he was living in basically a bachelor pad where he was like selling weed. So like, mind you, like I'm going through this shit and I'm around a bunch of like dudes that are just smoking, like having like the time of their lives and shit, mm. like younger cast. That, so yeah. like, I'm just like, yo, like I'm not in this, like I feel like weird being around this. Yeah, thing. it wasn't a place that was cohesive to what, where you wanted, where you needed yeah, to be. and it was like a good friend of mine that basically told me like, look, you know, like he lived in his own crib and he had like a five bedroom house that like, and he was just like, yo, you know, like I'll, I'll give you a week, but you know, I don't want any roommates, nothing like that. Yeah. So like in my head, I guess because I'm going through this shit, I'm a little like extra, like I guess sensitive about certain things. So I'm thinking like, yo, I grew up with you, and like you see me going through this shit, and, and you just put like, a time oh. frame on. Yeah. So, but I can't say nothing. That's his. You know what I'm saying? Respectfully, so, yeah. After a week, I was like, all right, I need to do something. So I fucking ended up hitting up um, 
random people and I ended up, I don't know, you know John Wilson? Yes, yes, met him at the Technique Records. So I fucking hit him up and he tells me uh, that he has um, a homeboy that's in Coconut Grove. Okay. Uh, Sega Jeepo. I don't know if you know Sega another no. artist, a really talented dude. Okay. Um, and this was around like winter time, and so you know he tells me like, "Yo, Sega Jeepo's going down to fucking uh, to Liberia for for the holidays to visit his family." Said you could stay at his crib, you know, just pay three hundred bucks, and that's it. Mind you, at the time, within this change, like I'm staying at H2O's crib, and uh, I stayed at H2O's crib for three weeks, and during that time. I wrote this song called The Same Old Song. And okay. um, when you hear the song on the other album, like basically it's just, I named it that because it's like the same shit I was talking about in Kill for Crumbs. You're back at it again. Shit. You're back at it again. But now yeah. it's like, and this is why I changed my whole way of writing and everything. Like, is because I really feel like you create your own reality, man. You know what I'm saying? Like Kill for Crumbs, it wasn't that dramatic where I was going through that shit. But I created that shit for myself. You painted a picture, you know and saying? you find yourself living yeah, in the picture. And I always much. think of like you know one of the first dudes I recorded with, Brass King, that he would always tell me like, "Yo, be careful with what you write. Mm. You know, look at Tupac, look at Biggie, mm. Life After Death. You know, um, yeah. You know, and it was just like he used those as examples. I'm like, damn, that's like it gave me goosebumps because it's like, yo, these dudes like predicted their own fucking death. Yeah, on pretty much. And Kill for Crumbs was just that. Mm. Like, I wasn't struggling. Like, I was struggling during Kill for Crumbs just like any middle, you know, like a mid-20s. Like, yeah. you know, having a fucking bullshit job where you're paying rent. That's like four or $500 living with, like, friends. It's a it's a struggle, but it's not, like, that fucking dramatic. You know, you're still getting by and everything. Yeah. But, you know, once that shit was done, then I got into this fucking situation. So I'm staying at H's crib, and I wrote the same old song. And um, then I ended up in this other Coconut Grove. Grove, yeah. So, you know, and then that was like the Grove side, like in the bad areas, like right where. Uh, I was gonna say that it's not it's Coconut Grove, but it's not Coconut Grove that everybody comes to know and love. No, it was. It's right, like two, three blocks. Yeah, exactly. Just what east of, or west of it. It was right off of Grand Ave. It was like. Okay. Um, Franklin Ave. That's where I. Franklin Ave. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's why. So yeah. So Franklin Ave is like a street or two behind Grand Ave. Okay. And the thing about the shit is that during the day, like you're in the hood, but it doesn't really matter because it's daytime and you see everybody. It's not like you're in Carroll City or some shit where, like, that's the hood and you're. It's like a secluded part of Miami. Like, yeah. This is Coconut Grove, so. Everyone that works in Coconut Grove that goes to hang out there or whatever, they're driving through there. So it's very busy. Yes. So during the day, it's like nothing. And not only that, but a part of something that I say in the song where it's like, like when I first moved there, when I said some shit like... Businessman suits on the lunch break? Is that the, the one? No. No, not that okay. part. I say... Um, when I first move head down, afraid to look, I learn to walk like I don't give a fuck, but to this day I'm shook. Because you learn that shit real quick, man, because if you're like someone like me, that like to them I'm just a white, they don't care that I'm Hispanic. Like to yeah. them I'm a fucking cracker, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So like they see someone like me that's not from there and they see me walking down their block and you know like in the neighborhood, 
they sense fear, they're gonna fuck with you. Yeah. If you just walk up like into their hole, like whatever they're fucking doing, like yo, it was good, you know, like they don't really fuck with you. They're yeah. just like whatever, you know. It's just like this is weird, but whatever. Yeah. But once they sense that fear in you, you give them something to do. Then, now you know, it's like yeah, yeah they're good. so that's where that that line's like yo, head down, afraid to look. I learned to walk like I don't give a fuck, but because I started walking like yo, I would have my headphones on, just rapping my shit out, like you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. In my head, I'm thinking like. Motherfucker, like someone's gonna fuck with me. Yeah. But you yeah. walked around like you like you gave off this you gave off this this uh this vibe that you belong there. Yeah. And with that, it kind of gave them enough pause, so they were like, "Do we mess or with this like, guy?" Yeah. Maybe? Like, or yeah. if like someone would come up to me, like I'll just talk to him, like I would talk to anybody else. Like it's just yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like so. But the shit was that at night I worked in Macy's at the time. Okay. And I was working like till like one o'clock in the morning, mm. so catch a bus from the falls back to Coral Gables and then from Coral Gables I have to go down Douglas Road and there's no bus at that time so mm. it's either I walk through the and at night like once the lights are out there it becomes a crack spot wow. all you see down there is just dudes and their bikes just selling and shit and the just freaks come out at night posted up yeah, yeah. yeah that's all you see around there so wow. someone like me like if I'm walking down there like it's bound to happen some shit if it doesn't happen like today it's gonna happen tomorrow some shit's gonna happen yeah so you know like that like that's what I was living in man and like the way I started that song it was literally like 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 I told you that like one day I was just I got home from work and I was fucking smoking and I was fucking hungry so I go to the refrigerator and I don't know why the fuck I thought this man but I was like I was living in such like a shithole man that mm. I was just like, man, there's probably rats or some shit here. Like, let me just, you know, before I open this fridge, let me just kick the shit. And yeah. I don't know why the fuck I thought that, but as soon as I did that shit, bro, this big-ass fucking rat <laughs> ran across the fucking kitchen. And so, I just lost my appetite. Wow. I was like, you know, I'm high as fuck, but I'm not hungry no more. Wow. <laughs> you know, so, like, that's, I just went back into, like, my, my little fucking shack. It wasn't even a room, bro. It was just... Like a space that I was occupying. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's where the shit, the rats and the roaches, yeah. the rat smoke. And, and it's dope, regardless. I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's, um, it's trials and tribulations, but despite of how small the space is or was, um, what you did have space for was to let your creativity go and come up with a song like that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I had. And that's like, it's crazy, man, because that's when some of your favorites you, like your best music comes out you know yeah. what I'm saying like sometimes mm. I'll like be at work and I'll be like yo I can't wait to get home and just write some shit nothing fucking comes out you know mm. what I'm saying because yeah. I'm not really going through shit yeah but Comfort, like comfortability kind of like impedes yeah. a little bit on the creative process yeah exactly man and that's like the, the other song the same old song yeah I wrote that shit um and that, like, the way I wrote that shit was crazy, too. It was, like, I was staying at H's crib, and, you know, H was working the 9 to 5 schedule, and I was still in between. Like, this is right before I got hired at this Macy's job. Okay. So, like, you know, it was just like, yo, you know, like, you're staying at her crib, but while we're not there, like, you can't just be there chilling. So, you know, whenever we get out of work, we'll meet up here, like, 5, 6 o'clock. Yeah. And then we'll go back home or whatever. So... Mind you, like, during, once I got that little job, I was waiting to start. So, like, I had, like, a good week that I'd have nothing to do during the day. Yeah. You know, so I remember one day I was like, man, like, I had left my mom's crib, like, just with a, like, three 
things of clothing, not thinking, like, not knowing where this is going to lead. Yeah. So I was just, I didn't have shit. So I was just like, yo, uh, I need to go back to my fucking mom's crib. Yeah, so we got a, we got a Ryan in the house. He just stepped in. Uh, Bruce Beats and he's alumni. Uh, a podcaster in his own right. Uh, WDDH Radio. Radio. Um, Mystery Rap Theater 3000. Yeah. Uh, and all that good stuff. Yo, thanks for coming through. Well, yo. You yeah. coming through. We didn't even plan this. I didn't plan this. And the five mic soundtracks. And the five mic. Soon. Yes, the arc. Yeah, yeah. yeah Stay yeah, tuned yeah, for yeah. that audio. audio rap club for yeah. sure. For sure. Shout out to DJ Thress, the Count of Monte Fisto. Y'all got more yeah, of those yeah. beers? There's, there's, there's some. There's some. There's some in every bottle. Apparently. Like right, I'll take something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we got some Mamawana King too. Um, if you down, you get down like that. I gotta drive. Mama okay, now nah, I didn't do that. Okay, positive, positive. That's it. See, children's. Be responsible. So, so Charles, you're saying so with uh, writing the same old song, you had um, you had pretty much days where you had to be out. So, oh yeah, so that's what I was saying. So yeah, man, um, it's talking about like being uncomfortable and so mm -hmm. just, yeah. So yeah, like writing that shit. Um, what was it? yeah? So I was saying like I was staying at H's. Group. Yeah. So during and the day then, while they was out, you were like, yeah, yo, so like up. I had told myself one day, it's like, yo, I need to go pick up some. Uh, clothes at my mom's crib you only had three and, bags yeah. and mind you like i didn't have i hadn't smoked in a few days and shit so like i got like a little nug before i left my other homeboy's crib mm -hmm. and i was ecstatic about smoking like 0. 0.4 <laughs> <laughs> like, you know because like just shit was like crazy for me at this time so i remember i went to my mom's crib when she wasn't there and I just, that was my little escape, you know, for like that good mm. hour. So I fucking sparked a little bowl and that same old song, like I wrote that within like a half an hour. Wow. From, from being in that fucking uncomfortable ass situation. Yeah. And I didn't finish the song, like I went back to like wait for age. She used to live like right on 112 and 152. There was like a little McDonald's in a mobile. Okay. So I went to McDonald's, I just finished the fucking song there. I wrote it to a different beat and, mm. um, and that was it, man. And, you know, like, that's how that song came about. But, uh, but yeah, you know, the whole point is, you know, sometimes you got to put yourself in these fucking uncomfortable situations. Yeah. And yeah. If you don't like your best fucking work sometimes, man. I, I've seen it before where people have used the phrase. Or I've seen the phrase written before where it's like, if you don't, you know, you don't, if you don't go into your comfort zone. You don't know where, what you can accomplish. And also, like, if you don't challenge yourself, you don't change yourself. Yeah, and exactly. So, it's not good to be complacent and just be, you know what I'm saying? Like, you always have to see what's... Like, right now, man, like, I'm still fucking living here, and I'm just like, damn, like, I think it's time for me to upgrade and get the fuck up out of here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like you said, going back to the secret, it starts with that mentality that you, you've already made that, you know, you've already come to that conclusion, and it starts with the thought, and then eventually it manifests exactly. itself. Yeah. Dope, dope. Hey, listen, Bruce Beast and Easter Podcast, we talk, we talk Sir Charles's music, Chronicles of the Third Born, Abortion Clinic. Go check them out. You heard you heard Groveside. There's a lot more dopeness when it comes to that. Uh, do yourself a favor. Spotify, right? Spotify, yeah, iTunes. On like, everything. Whatever you apps. use. Uh, iTunes, Apple, Spotify. Um, what else? All that shit. All that shit. Everything. It's all connected. SoundCloud. Bruce Beast and Easter Podcast. We'll see you guys in the Eats portion.
Beast and East, the podcast. Sir Charles just asked, what do we do here? And what we do here, what we do here is we talk eats, um, favorite food, um, go-to foods, foods you can't stand if, that, if, that's, if that's a situation. So um, what's your typical like go-to meal, the one that calls your name? Um, as of lately, sushi, man. Okay. I like a lot of sushi. Um, Dog too. Like he's <laughs> no, that's not part of the meal. Nah. He's I'm just saying, man. It's just my dog. He's fucking barking because she wants attention. Yeah. So I'm about to fucking. I'm telling you, on. people. Yo, people want to get on this podcast. <laughs> believe it or not, I'm surprised. She's like, yo, let me get a fucking. <laughs> Where's my shout out? Where's my? You guys have been talking for about an hour and a half, and you haven't mentioned me once. <laughs> trying to make my presence felt here, but sushi. So sushi's yeah, the, so... the the go-to right now. Sushi. I mean, I like uh, Chinese food in general, man. Yeah. I a lot of Chinese. Um, but yeah, sushi's like I eat that shit a lot. Yeah. It's mainly because like I I work overnight, and one of the few places that I can order food that's open till like two, three in the morning is a sushi spot. Shout him out. So, What's the name of the spot? Hero Sushi Express. In okay. South Beach. Okay. Um, Washington. Um, you're doing some fire. My favorite shit is the volcano roll. Mmm. Yeah, yeah. Irresistible, man. You yeah. Can, you can Do check they, out. Is uh, that the one that they put the um the the, the, the lobster like crab yeah. like warm on top? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's fire. Because you know it's weird. It's like there's mad sushi that I didn't eat sushi for years just because there's a lot of shit that I don't like that inside that's inside it. Yeah. But a lot of the rolls, man, like you don't taste a lot of like that roll in itself. The volcano roll. It has fucking avocado. I don't like avocado, but you don't even taste that shit. Yeah, there's not, once you got these rolls, there's not the one flavor, excuse me, one flavor that really stands out, but they're all, they all kind of gel together well, like they complement each other, yeah. but it's not one that's overbearing to the other one. So yeah, you, you take a bite of something and realize that there's something in there that you don't like. You like, wouldn't even notice the shit. Yeah, but, man. But yeah, besides that, I think... Uh, Chinese food, you go, you go fried rice or lo mein? Fried rice. Fried rice, yeah, yeah. Dope, yeah. dope. Um, uh... Uh, sweet and sour or duck sauce or the hot mustard? Duck sauce. Duck sauce? I fuck with that hot mustard. Nah. Nasty <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. You know what I also love about Chinese spots is that they're the only fucking, at least on the beach, man, is like, they're mad cheap. Okay. Like, and you get a shitload of food. Yeah, they load you down like, for sure. They fill up that container with, like, they fill that shit up. Yeah. Nowhere. Like the fire marshal would be, would, would close the place down if he realized. <laughs> How to capacity this container was filled. Be like, now nah, y'all gotta get out of here. Um, do let me ask you a question. Um, Chinese spots, the, the Chinese spots you're talking about, cheap food. Do they hit you with that um, that 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 uh, that minimum? Like, uh, we can't run this debit card. Or yeah. the, they do. Yeah. They still be doing that shit, huh? Damn. Yeah, it's been a while since I had. I usually fuck with Thai. You know, that's like the next to me, the next thing to Chinese food. But what put me off was like, yo, you know, I run in there, like, you, you offer a meal for about five or four or five bucks, and then when I try to run the card, it's like, oh, no, but you have to pay ten to use your card. And I was like, well, I guess I'm leaving this food here. <laughs> I bounce on them, man. I don't know. They, they got the game unlocked on you paying their their credit card machine bill, I, don't think I guess. think it has anything. To, I think it's just them being fucking cheap, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, like they've been like, yo, okay, I'll do it this one you, time. Yeah. It's like, now nah, you're just covering what it costs for them to run the transaction. That's what it is. Yeah. It's like they get charged for the transactions that they run on that credit card machine. 
and it's like yo they're gonna pass that they're gonna put that on you instead of them putting the bill yeah, exactly. uh, um how are you about desserts you, you fuck with sweets at all are you more of a, a salty guy uh, or sweets I like bitch to just sit on my face okay yeah listen I recently saw I recently saw a post where this dude was getting ready for Hurricane Dorian and a Spanish dude and he's sitting there going his wife is like yo what are you doing he's like I'm getting hurricane supplies and then he's she's like he's like yeah but all you got is liquor and beer he's like what are you gonna eat and he said exactly that he's like Georgia que se come yo so okay so okay so I guess I go back to my original question salty or sweet <laughs> Thanks, smell uh, okay, okay. As long as the hygiene is is, is popping. <laughs> yeah, dope, dope. Oh, oh, oh. Better question. All right, I leave it to another question. Is where would you take her before to enjoy a meal before you enjoy a meal? Eat sushi, man. <laughs> Eat sushi. Eat sushi is the perfect place to take time. a girl like for a date and shit. Okay. Because it's not like his favorite rapper. It looks like freaking time. <laughs> Sushi looks, you know, like it, the like, presentation. It yeah, looks like there's you know there's a, like, a level of a, a sophistication to it, like some craftsmanship went into yeah, it. So you're like, you just yeah, man, like sushi, you can get creative with the shit and be like, oh look, man, this is a, you know, just pick out just certain shit that's in there and just like make up a story about the shit. If you just eat fucking steak and rice, it's just like. What is there? Yes, yeah, you really can't. Yeah, you can't make it any more interesting than it is. It's meat and potatoes, you know, whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. So you're not into the desserts. Um, you're big on the Asian cuisine. No, um, it's just usually I don't fuck with desserts because I get, you know, my meals are already enough. So yeah, like, yeah. So by the time you, yeah, you, yeah, if you don't strategize and prepare yourself for dessert, it's like you eat enough. You're like, yeah, I'm good. I don't need none yeah, of that. That's all I'm saying. Like, the girl is the dessert. Go home, an hour later, you're like, all right, like, I have a little bit of space. Yes. Sit on my face. I have space in my face. Yo, I don't even know if there's anything more we need to say. That's Sir Charles, a.k.a. 1000, one-fourth of what they do. Make sure you check out his music. He, he, uh, he told us a little bit about himself. He had the beers. He rated the beers. We talked more music, and we just discussed food. So that pretty much qualifies this to be Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. Thank you again, sir, yeah, yeah. for uh, inviting me into the place and uh, and taking the time and doing this. Likewise, man. Thank you for having me. Again, check out the What They Do Project. Check out my shit. Check out anything, man. What else is there? Um, shows. Yeah, Bruce I got shows. Shows. Oh, yeah. Check out Bruce yeah. Beats and East. Make sure you check that out. Yeah. Um, you guys got shows coming up. Oh yeah, we got October fifth, was it? Yeah, that thousand lacks the promo finessing. So <laughs> I'm horrible. I'm glad I came at this moment. <laughs> All right, so, take it away. Check it out. Thousand, aka Sir Charles Chronicles of the Third Born, on all streaming platforms. All of them. What they do, substance abuse on all streaming platforms. All of them. Want to hear it? That you can't find it. It's out there, you lazy bastards. Go check the videos. Go check the videos. Yeah, Two sweet videos things, out there. Sweet things they say. Video we just released recently. Shout out to Hip Hop Junkie for featuring it. You know, you know, definitely get helping us and getting us out there. So, and October fifth, Catalyst, mm. Saturday Mike Live, Props and Bonds. What they do will be there. Breeze ever flowing will be there. We headlining. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's what I'm talking like, about. Big thanks. Yeah. For big real. Thanks. For real. I've seen several shows. I, I get upset when I miss a show. Um, do yourself a favor. Get out there and witness. Witness. Witness what it is to be. 
um, four dope MCs coming together to produce dope shit. Do you know anybody that has any footage of the of our live show? Uh, yeah, Draz has some, and he sent me a WeTransfer link. Uh, so we did a show recently at Las Rosas that really went well. Okay. And Draz uh, recorded a good amount of that man. show. Like, so that was well. our best fucking show, and nobody has footage of the shit, man. That's how it always works out, bro. It's I see a hundred like a- motherfuckers. Like, anytime I'm performing at a show, I see a hundred motherfuckers with their phones, like, right in front of my face. And it goes missing. <laughs> when it, when it goes well, when it goes well, it goes missing. Yeah. <laughs> so what were you doing? When, with your when phone it don't go break? well, when you got a booger hanging out, or <laughs> everybody got spit documentation. On your lip or yeah, sweet man. Jesus is too drunk and he's grinding on spaz. <laughs> Yo, you know, when that sort of shit happens, everybody got footage. Infinito de Jaeso. This is <laughs> this is Bruce Beasley's the podcast. Thank you for tuning in again. I'll catch y'all on the other side. Stay tuned for the outro.